Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. Show's name say BJ Shea is on assignment and running the boards is Joey D's. Well, hello. Well, hello there. On today's show, we will talk about Stranger Things, Season 4 and 5. Get the news on that. We'll talk about Chris Hemsworth's role in the Mad Max Furiosa prequel. Fallout is getting its own television show. I'm very excited for this. We might get to a little bit of that more. We never know, but we'll also get to the Geek Sheet with Vicky B., Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. Oh, my God. Or you can just search BJ's Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey app. Odyssey Yes. Lots of ways to get a hold of us and, uh, you know, give us some feedback if you want to. I do always appreciate that. Send us emails about some of the geeky stuff you do. Uh, Check our Facebook page because we do talk about a lot of stuff on the podcast, but there's plenty of news stories that we don't get to. And if there's something you want to hear us have our opinions about, let us know because Vicky posts all those articles all the time. And memes! So many memes. So if you want to get your meme fix, you can do so. Now... This is an interesting one, too, because Stranger Things, we are getting a season four and a season five. The big part about this is that Stranger Things season four is going to be broken up into two volumes. Uh, Stranger Things season four, volume one will premiere on May 27th on Netflix. And then season four, volume two will premiere on July 1st. So I think they're doing the big dumps of each uh, of each volume as they do, especially with these shows. So you don't have to wait weekly for them. You can just binge them all over and over again. And then in about two, in about a month and a half, you can uh, binge them all again. I feel like they had, they had to do that because like record everything at once because these kids are not kids anymore. I think yeah. Millie Bobby Brown just turned 18. It's like, you were a baby when this started. Did she really? Yeah, she just turned 18. I think she was like, uh, I want to say 10 or 11, 12 years old when this whole started. Well, her character's name was 11. It'd be funny if you started at 11. <laughs> yeah. Around then. Well, and it's even like Finn Wolfhard, like he went hard through puberty. Like oh, yeah. it was They're just suddenly and... just like, yeah, he like grew like, uh, you can't wear those short shorts and those socks anymore, bro. <laughs> like no. you just can't do that. I know it was the fashion of the time, but yes. So much leg. Uh, so we did get the long awaited news of when they're going to be uh, releasing those. And then there is confirmation that season five will be the show's last one. Um, but it kind of seems like a good idea anyway, because the Duffer Brothers has said for years that they had visioned four to five seasons, noting that they wanted Stranger Things to come to an organic conclusion and not overstay. It's welcome. And the fact that Netflix is more than happy to give it five seasons um, says that how how much people did love it because there were many other shows that were critical darlings and a lot of people did enjoy that they cut after three. I'm talking or, about you, Santa Clarita Diet, no. which after, one of my favorite shows. After two, like since eight, but there was a public outcry and we got a resolution movie. So at exactly. least that happened. Yeah, exactly. So they're going to have a cohesive end. And also just the fact that, like you were talking about, it's logical that they're doing it with the younger cast Mm -hmm. and getting done with it. Because you can revisit this in 20 years like It or something and have those characters, and that would be kind of interesting. But yeah, they're like about to get into college at this point in time. Like They're no longer like just entering high school. They're getting through all of that stuff. (laughs) It just makes me think of Lost in Space, like since I recently finished it. And there's... Will's a whole ass, like... 
man now. It's like, Dude, no. yeah. And, there, and, and even at this point, like you talk about just the fact that, oh, you know, college kids are going to split off. Well, they've already split off because at the end right. of the last season, like most of the guys and like the family ended up moving to California, or at least Will moved to California with his mom. Yes, with uh, 11. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I was trying to remember who all went there. But so they're already splint- splintered off. We've got um, your favorite uh, your favorite person out there, uh, Hopper, <laughs> is apparently in Russia. Yeah. Like oh, got yeah. like teleported to Russia or something like that, working uh, working in Siberia. Because if it's the 80s, we always end up in Russia or with Russians. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah. So uh, apparently season five will conclude the story of Eleven. I mean, we've got lots of characters that will move on from all of that. Who knows if Eleven will stick around, if we'll ever revisit the other ones that helped her power up in season two. Uh, was, oh, yeah. Like her... Quote like, unquote siblings. In yeah, a sense. yeah, yeah. Like those ones who just like kind of helped her level up. Are we ever going to address that, or is that just kind of a throwaway thing? Well, I mean, if I, I don't know if I don't, I'm, I started kind of going back in my head, like everything that has happened in every season, which seasons were stronger and not as strong. Uh, and she was left without powers at the end of it. So I'm wondering. That's right. Yeah. I'm it's been such a long time. I, I'm wondering if they might bring back those characters to help her get her powers back or something. It's going to be one of those like, oh, my God, we're in danger. We're all going to die. And here are my powers back. <laughs> yeah. It's usually how it goes. Yeah. yeah. Usually you got to, you know, go through the, uh, oh, I lost all my powers. I remember it in Avatar. Not talking about the Blue People movie, but I'm talking about <laughs> the anime where uh, 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 Zuko. Oh. I think it was Zuko. Who, yeah, yeah, lost his powers and then had to get him back and it was just kind of like a cut scene. It's like when the when the fire when the when the maid baddie uh, uh is uh taking you on and it's like oh yeah, he's all badass and firing and then like when he joins when he's a playable character, now he's got a little tiny fire just poof. Poof. <laughs> poof. He had to get through all of that. So, uh I'll be happy to see uh, just for the completionist in me, the the finale of Stranger Things. And it's nice because like that's one of the shows. Like we don't watch it at the same time, but I got my dad into it, so it's nice, nice. To, to like, hey, another show for us. <laughs> God, that that show was like before COVID, right? The last season came out before COVID. I think so. Oh my God, it feels like forever ago. Yeah, it's been a while, so I think I might need to go back. And that's one of those ones that I feel that I could go back and rewatch it. Um, especially when it gets closer to May 27th, because you can just binge all of it and like, oh, okay, well, this part was born and I can skip past that or just figure it out. Uh, the same thing with me is like when they come out with season two of Wheel of Time, I'm already set to uh, go back and rewatch that. Nice. Like it's one of those ones where I, I want to go back and not just get the recaps. I want to get the whole feeling of it and all of that. Rev, when the DM leader says don't pick up any magical daggers you find in treasure chests, <laughs> you don't do it. Okay, <laughs> This item is cursed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and if you've ever played a D&D adventure, you absolutely know what that is yeah you the guys just let you know not all chests are good would you like to open the chest i yeah i would actually like to open the chest you're cursed <laughs> well also if you've uh, been playing elden ring recently oh, you yeah, might yeah. know to like don't open up like if you open up a chest and suddenly you see smoke come out run away run just run run yeah. as quickly as possible unless you want to transport to some magical land where you will die summon your tiny horse as fast <laughs> as humanly possible <laughs> torrent get me away from here yeah. Uh, moving on from that and getting away from the D and D world, we're going to go into the Mad Max world because, well, it's 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 uh, you know I'm hosting the podcast and I want to talk about Mad Max. Hell yeah, uh, Vicky, you and both Joe, you guys uh, saw Fury Road, right? You yes, so love it. You so you remember Charlize Theron's Furiosa? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, and it looks like they're going to be doing the prequel. I think we've talked about this, with, and it's uh, been in development Anna, for a while with Anna Taylor Joy. Oh, is she going to be the one? I forgot that she yes. was going to be the Furiosa because they're not going to have Charlize Theron as, the, Which, uh, as that. Have you seen Charlize? Like, 
she is. She can still gorgeous. like, yeah, drop I, dead gorgeous. She did that movie for Netflix that I can't remember oh, right now. Old guard. Yeah, the old guard. And I'm like, yeah, she's badass. Well, that like, she's is, still badass. She can still play that character just fine. So there are a few movies recently, especially now that uh, you have all the streaming and stuff nowadays. Mm-hmm. There are a few movies I have purchased on Blu-ray or DVD because I have to have them. Mad Max being one of them, another movie that I recommended to you recently, Logan Lucky, I also had to get on DVD. Logan Lucky's amazing, by the way. Yes, so please watch that. Another movie I had to buy because I loved it that much in theaters was Atomic Blonde. And if you want another movie where she is ridiculously badass, speaking of Russians, (laughs) (laughs) it is set in the 80s. It has a very cool blue tone to it. A lot of big actors, actually, Bill Skarsgård is in it. Oh. James McAvoy, and who's the other one? I always forget her name. The gal who was in The Mummy in the last Star Trek movie. Mm-hmm. She's also in this. Seriously, ridiculously badass. And I was hearing interviews with her because we kept playing them on the radio station where <laughs> she, they had to do so many takes and she left some of the guys like bruised with like broken bones and stuff. She's like, I had to buy so many shots <laughs> after each of these nights. So watch this movie and you will believe that we don't need a younger person to play Furiosa, Charlize Theron is totally capable. Well, it looks like they are going to be doing it. So unfortunately uh, for Charlize, but I'm really interested to see what Anya Taylor-Joy is going to be doing with the movie. And especially now that we have found that uh, the villain that she'll be facing off against, we don't know the name of the villain. I don't think it's going to be a prequel version of a Morton Joe or the Bullet Farmer or any of those people. It looks like it'll be a new character played by Australian Chris Hemsworth. Which, Chris Hemsworth as the baddie? Yes, exactly. That's weird. That's like Robin Williams when he plays bad guys, or yeah. when he did play bad guys. And this was even one of those things where they were talking about, um, like, uh, 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 looks like in the book that is titled Blood, Sweat, and Chrome, The Wild and True Story of Mad Max Fury Road, our, uh, author Kyle Buchanan uh, actually ended up talking with uh, PJ Verotin, a producer and the first assistant director for the movie, shared his story of how Krim, uh, Hemsworth's casting came to be, saying, George saw Chris initially as a courtesy and then fell in love with the idea. He's going to be totally playing against his type, the lead baddie. Unfortunately, we've got to find all, all of our other characters that aren't around anymore, a new a Morton, a new Bullet Farmer, and a few others. So it really looks like they were like, okay, we'll see what you can do. And then they were surprised at the fact that he could play a baddie, not just a beautiful superhero or the other roles he's in that I can't recall right now. Uh, but- <laughs> uh, like what is it, uh, Himbo? Yeah, in, yeah. Uh, Ghostbusters? Exactly, yeah. So like the comedic roles, especially when you saw him in like Thor Ragnarok, he's got mm-hmm. that comedic chops. It'll be really interesting to see where he goes with the bad guy stuff, especially with the diesel punk world of Mad Max. Mm-hmm. I think he'll he'll get the look down because there's very few things that he won't look good doing. Yeah. But like bad guy? It's like Jason Momoa. Like he, he's so intimidating and fierce looking, but bad guy? Like I, it's hard for me to picture him as a bad guy just because he seems so lovable and funny. Yeah. Which I hear, by the way, I don't know if we've mentioned it. Like he's going to be, I think either it's rumors or it's official that he's going to be in the new, fa- was it uh, Fast and Furious movie? Is he? And I think like he, they oh. hinted that like his character might have a thing with Charlize Theron's character. Bring it all back. <laughs> They're going all back to it all. It'll be interesting to see what goes on with it. I'm very excited for all of that. Um, now, another thing that I'm super, super excited for is one of my favorite properties of all time, and not just the games, but the games are a huge part of that. But it's they've even gone out so much further into like board games and RPGs. Is the Fallout universe? 
And essentially what it is is it's like nuclear nuclear uh, 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 technology was the paramount thing. We didn't we didn't get uh, in this alternate timeline universe of the Fallout universe. They never learned about microchips. So it was all like nuclear power, vacuum tubes, all of the old school stuff. And that 50s kind of art deco style of everything that just kind of continued until the world got blown away by nuclear uh, explosions everywhere. And uh, I've always thought that it would be amazing to have like a movie or a TV show based on that. And I thought I had remembered the fact that it had been teased, and it did. It was teased back in 2020, a live-action adaptation of the action RPG series. And it looks like we've got some interesting people, including Walton Goggins from The Righteous Gemstones, or uh, he was also, maybe he was in Justified, but also in The Shield. Um, A really amazing actor. He's going to be in the show. He's been cast as that. Details are kind of scant at this point in time. We don't necessarily know what's going to be going on after this, but a lot of people are also saying that Walton may be playing a ghoul, Hmm. which is very interesting because with ghouls, they are people who have been um, irradiated beyond, uh, beyond like normal human, like, Uh, visuals so they look like a zombie from like the walking dead most of the time they're feral which means they're essentially zombies fast moving zombies they'll murder you they'll eat you but there were some of them that made it and uh, they retained their sentience so the big thing was they became infertile they can't you know reproduce or anything but they live for hundreds of years so somebody who might have survived the first nuclear blasts but got irradiated into ghouldom can exist 200 300 400 years later where the other settings for the games have been so it's been kind of interesting to see what they're going to do with that and he like looking at him I feel that he definitely would be the type of uh, facial structure that would be good for makeup for a ghoul I'm trying not to be mean about it but I mean it's kind of getting into that sort of uh, (laughs) while being mean about it the Hollywood magic will be perfect for him yeah exactly um, it looks like in January, Variety reported that Jonathan Nolan would be the executive producer of the Fallout TV series, and his wife, Lisa Joy, would direct the first series episodes. The couple have pre- previously collaborated on Westworld, so uh, the show version of which they created. So that's good that they've got that sort of uh, uh, aspect of it. The writer of 28. 28- Teens Tomb Raider and the executive producer of Portlandia will be helming the series. Uh, and it looks like uh, we'll fall to Geneva Robertson, Dwarit, and Graham Wagner. Uh, Dwarit is a screenwriter whose previous credits include co-writing the screenplay for Tomb Raider, like I said, and uh, and also 2019's Captain Marvel starring Brie Larson. So some really uh, interesting stuff on Wagner's as well. Uh, notable shows including The Office, Portlandia, and Silicon Valley. So they're going to, I mean, obviously with those three right there, it looks like they're going to have uh, 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 some humor mixed in with it. Yeah. Which I feel you need to because you can't take this whole series totally seriously. Yeah, that's crazy. I would not have expected that, but okay. Yeah. 
And it looks like uh, Variety also reported that Ella Purnell, who was in Yellow Jackets and Star Trek Prodigy, has been cast in the lead role. And then also Walton Goggins is a lead role. But we have heard about Goggins being that ghoul. And uh, we'll have to see how interesting it is because Purnell's character is described as an upbeat and uncannily direct with an all-American can-do spirit. So it feels like, okay, she might be a vault dweller. Because another thing out of all of this is a lot of people survived the Fallout universe by going into these big underground settlements called vaults. And then they come out X amount of years later to see, you know, some some of the games were 25 years later. Some of the games are 250 years later. So you get to see the different aspects. It'll be interesting to see where they go with it, how they deal with the uh, the breakdown of society, how they introduce the history because basically and like the 50s is where the divergent timeline occurs. And so we'll have to see where they go with all of it, like with the big wars, if they even get into any of the history or they just deal with the nuclear fallout wasteland. So, you said this was a series, not a movie, right? Yeah, it's going to be a series. And I think on Amazon, I'm pretty sure it's going to be on Amazon Prime. I'm trying to look through it all at this point in time, but uh, I know it'll be on one of those. Yep, yep, yep. Stream on Amazon Prime. Again, we don't know the details other than what I've just said, but nothing like big in terms of what we know what's going to be happening with it. Yeah, Prime's had some good stuff so far. So I know. And I'm excited when the boys come back, uh, which Yay. will be coming back uh, this summer. So, mm-hmm. like, Amazon Prime has been, and like I was talking about with like Wheel of Time, like, there's a lot of good stuff that they've been uh, churning out they there. Invincible, too, I believe, that I enjoyed. Yes. Yeah. See, I, never, I actually didn't finish all of Invincible, and it's not because it's a bad show. But, like, cartoons, and I mean, even though it's a very adult cartoon, kind of, like, it's just, it doesn't resonate with my wife. And when we try to watch shows, it's like, well, we're going to watch live action shows. And I just feel like I, I have other, I have too many video games to play when I'm not, <laughs> when I'm not watching shows with her. I was going to say, if your, if your wife has a problem with the beginning of it, don't, don't, don't finish it. Cause it's oh, like one yeah. of the most like psychological effed up scenes at the end that will heard, just traumatize you. I heard there's a lot of daddy issues. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, which I'm all, already not a huge fan of anyway. Like I don't need to deal with that in my life. I would like, love to spoil it for you, but man, it's such a good scene if you don't know it's coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't spoil yeah. it for me because I will probably eventually get to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, moving on to video game stuff before we do get out of here. Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League has been hit with a massive release delay. Oh? Um, it looks like Rocksteady's upcoming DC comic shooter uh, is going to miss its 2022 release window and will launch in spring of 2023. Dang, that's a long delay if you know you're not going to make it in eight months. Yeah, and that's, I mean, I kind of respect that in terms of, like, a lot of video games now are pushing to not release a half-assed product because Justice Now, I mean, before there were games that were, like, DOA that have come back and have been fairly good, one of them being itself Fallout 76, which had a very, very rough start because I was there, I was playing it, but now it has been seen as a respectable game. And the fact that it took, you know, a couple of years to kind of get back on that track, for some people, like they have, you know, Bethesda's and now Microsoft's uh, big pocketbooks, they were able to hold through with it. But if you're not a major studio, it's 
probably best to kind of put a delay on it. Yeah, we've had Horizon and Elden Ring come out that have been very good. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think after the cyberpunk fiasco, no one wants to be the next one, you know? Yeah. And even uh, there's the tweet out, and it said uh, they made the difficult decision to delay Suicide Squad, kill the Justice League to spring 2023. I know a delay is frustrating, but that time is going to be into making the best game we can. We look forward to bringing the chaos uh, to Metropolis together. Thank you for your patience. And, I mean, there have been reports that Warner Brothers is planning to delay some of its other video games, so we have to see where that is going. Um, and Kill the Justice League was one of 2022's most anticipated games. They earned a repu- uh, Developer Rock City earned a reputation for crafting detailed superhero games following the Batman Arkham Trilogy. Great series. Amazing series. So this is Task Force X's first video game adaptation, and it will see the group of villains fighting the Justice League who have been brainwashed by Brainiac. Players will need to go up against the dark versions of Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, The Flash, and even Superman. And since the game is set within the same universe as the Rocksteady other games, it seems unlikely that Batman will make an appearance following, uh, well, I won't spoil what happens. Oh. (laughs) But we'll just say that maybe something happens. Uh, Players will step into the boots of Harley Quinn, Deadshot, Captain Boomerang, and King Shark as the squad blasts a bloody trail through war-torn Metropolis. Each of the playable characters comes equipped with unique weapons and abilities which can be used to eliminate the hordes of enemies and it will feature an entirely open world with unique objectives and foes to vanquish like we said it'll be available hopefully at this point in spring of 2023 and will be available for the ps5 xbox series x and s and the old pc and now it is time to get to the geek sheet with vicky b all right vicky what's going on so I did mention on the last Geek Sheet uh, about an article I was reading, and I did post it on our Facebook page if you want to scroll back a few uh, a few days and you can find it as well. But The Eternals is a movie that when I saw it, I really loved it. I saw it in theaters, and everyone seemed to kind of like, eh, it's, it's okay. It's a movie. Yeah. Uh, what did you guys think of it, just for a refresher for everyone? I liked it. Um, I thought it was – I don't think it was complicated, but I felt that they were just – the having to go through so many characters, I felt that some that were interesting just got kind mm-hmm. of like pushed to the wayside and were just in for a little bit. Um, I think Druig had a, a had an interesting premise that just kind of went away. But the movie is beautiful, and mm-hmm. I really kind of liked what they were doing with the mythos. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think that uh, the story and the continuity was pretty bad. Um, the acting was great. And the diversity was great, and the CGI was great, but like at the end of the t- at the end of the movie, I kind of just felt like none of it mattered at all. They kind of just or happened. it's gonna matter like way later on, like when we see the Celestial at the end, and we get all the reveals with mm-hmm. all of the different internals. It posed a lot of questions that I don't know if the movie itself was ready or prepared to uh, address. I meant more like the characters. Like, you kind of got through uh, the characters yeah. and you're like, none of these characters matter. You know, like, it's just, you know, things just happen to them and they're essentially eternal. They've yeah. lived for a long time and they're robots, but they're not robots. Right. You know? like, okay, I guess. Uh, well, just for a refresher, it got 47% on the tomato meter. Ooh. And I don't feel like that is just... I feel like the audience score gave it 78%. Okay, yeah. And I mean, we even talked about on the last one just about the disparity between the critics and uh, 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 the audience, especially with comic book movies. And the thing is, like, it was one of those, like, I did really love it when I got out of the theater and for a couple days, but as more time has gone by that I was able to digest the movie a little bit, I was like, well, it wasn't disappointing, but it wasn't 
you know, it was it is what it is. It was just mm-hmm. eh. Um, but I was reading this article and it kind of rekindled some of those feelings I had for when I did see the movie and the parts that I really did enjoy. Like aside from the visuals, because the visuals, top notch. Mm-hmm. Chef's kiss, as the kids are saying <laughs> these days. Um, but I knew going into it, it was supposed to be a love story. And you think the love story really is between the two main characters. And I honestly, I, I'm only thinking of her her real name, Gemma. Oh, uh, Cersei. Uh, Cersei. Cersei and Icarus. Yep. Like, they're actually, I think they're married in real life. So I think that was oh, part of the, the thing. Into, like, it was, I feel like Cersei was very, who can I compare her to? Not a Sansa. Like, she's just very useless I feel like for the most for most of it and you kind of you put all your hopes and dreams when it comes to the love story on this but reality the love story that like stole your heart was the one between Druid and I'm blanking on her name Makari oh yeah yeah I mean there's Druid and Makari and then that battle sequence at the very end like damn yes yes and even with uh and that one it was even kind of put off to the side but even with um Oh, because they always have such weird names with right. it. With Thena and uh, uh, Thena and who was the uh, uh, Gilgamesh? Gilgamesh, that's like, right. And that was and like that wasn't like like uh, like a love love like lovers, but it was more of like a familial like you are. I'm the one that's going to take care of you. I'm your caretaker. It's I'm like, the I will love you. Forever. Older brother, yeah. younger sister. Even and though like, even like they're both no... super old because they're eternal. But there's no real like. I mean, there could have been something romantic there, but. But they didn't dwell on that. They didn't do the whole brother sister thing. It was just pure love, and I really appreciated mm-hmm. that. Like, because it's we don't. I feel like when you have love, you have to they either have to describe it as we're in love and this is romantic love, or you're like my sister, you're like my brother or my mom. Like, it, I feel like there's always these lines that are very definitively drawn when it comes to like love in general in movies. Mm-hmm. And the fact that this was just love, I'm like that. I really enjoyed that. And one of the things that I wish they probably could have done a little bit more of, but also was a nice kind of add at the end. Do you remember which one's Fastus? Fastos? I, I keep wanting to say it in Spanish. Sorry. No, I don't. He, he was the, the gentleman who ended up uh, leaving and had a family of his own with the kid. He was the brainiac. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like somebody never like the, I thought about it when I watched it, but it never stuck. The fact that. He is such a badass fighter. Like, oh he, yeah, he was pretty much unstoppable. Because you think Icarus is going to be the badass, like you can't beat him. But he had him down for most of it. Mm-hmm. And I like you either you either have your brainy character that's only good for the brainy stuff, or yeah. you know you have your fighters. It's usually one or the other. And the fact that he was both, I like that there was that surprise at the end. But I want to see more of him for sure. Oh yeah, totally. Um, and also the fact that like. <laughs> I believe his name is Karan, like the the videotaping guy the oh, entire time. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that was that was the best part of the movie. <laughs> he was probably one of the best parts for sure. Because that was my problem. Like they kind of did that whole storyline of okay, these people are really powerful, but they're not going to use their powers, which never made any sense to me because it, they were like, uh, especially the guy who left with like the cult following at the like during one of the flashbacks. Where he's like, I'm not going to let he, the human race kill each other. Druid. Yeah. And then, like, they just never address his storyline again. They're yeah. like, oh, he just never did anything. What? Why? Because <laughs> then he'd have to deal with everybody else, like, messing with him. He just didn't want to be a part of mm-hmm. that situation. So he kind of became a little lone wolf. Um, but in theory, he could have, like, really saved the entire world if he controlled them. But is that really 
living. Is that really saving? Is that living? Yeah, 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 you're not yeah. saving them. You're just not letting them do anything. Well, that was the weird part because that was the whole reason he left. He was like, I'm going to go save the human race. And then it was like, oh, that's interesting. Well, he made his little commune in the woods. But then he had like eight people. <laughs> and I'm like, what? what is going on? Like, I feel like there was more because they were all fighting and stuff. But that was back um, in like the Aztec days or whatever, right? He took over like the Mayan colony. I'm like, this dude would be like God. <laughs> like, I don't, but it, anyways, it's a small, small grievance. Uh, I definitely, I cannot wait to see more of them, like of these characters. Obviously, not, we're not going to get all the characters anymore. I'm kind of bummed that we're not going to get more Salma Hayek. Yeah. Like, for her, like, there, there's something. I'm trying to see how I can explain this. Uh, as a very pale person of color, <laughs> yeah. uh, I always like super drawn to Salma Hayek because not only was she Latina, she's Mexican. Like she is from the country my family is from. So I always had this like connect- like I love every movie she's done like that I've seen her in. And even if the movie wasn't good, because she in my head represents like somebody making it. Mm-hmm. So to see her not just be Latina, but Mexican, like I was just like a Mexican superhero. Right. Yeah. And so like I'm kind of bummed that we're not going to get more of her. But I kind of wanted to touch on this because I did kind of mention it on the last episode. And I want to leave you <laughs> with a meme. Oh, OK. <laughs> not really a meme. It was a, a comment somebody made on Facebook. Obviously, the name scratched out. And it's it's that age old thing of um, how many villains are actually very smart. And this reference is Batman villains. Okay. So it's kind of funny the amount of Batman villains that have doctorates. So Harley Quinn has a doctorate in psychology. Scarecrow is criminology. Poison Ivy, botany. Mister Freeze, cryogenics. Man Bat, zoology. Hugo Strange, psychiat psychiatric. I can't say it. Psychiatry. That one. Oh. Hush. <laughs> plastic surgery. Mad Hatter. Neuroscience. And someone just comments. Grad school changes you. <laughs> so I'm kind of. So that's the reason I didn't go to college. I yeah, don't want to be evil. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to become an evil person with debt, and then you got to deal with all of that by robbing banks and freezing people, and you know, eco terror. And not just Batman. I mean, we got like what Doctor Doom. We got all these other baddies. He's got Doctor in the name, right? Mm. Uh, he's the doctor of he didn't, Doom. Okay. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't go to eight years of Doom school to just be called Mister Doom. That's right. <laughs> or Doom Junior. Doom Junior. In the show Harley Quinn, there's a part where she's like talking to Mister Freeze because he's not Doctor Freeze. She's like, um, talking from Doctor to Mister, and I'm just like, got sass, sass, so sassy. <laughs> well, watch that show and let us know what you think. Is there a movie out there where you're like, you know what? Maybe it didn't deserve as much crap as it got. And why? Yeah. And until next time, stay nerdy.